Hi. Hello. This is Double Bluff, the comedy podcast where we teach a lot and lie a little. I'm Renee. And I'm Carissa. And each week, one of us is going to teach the other person about a thing. And one of the many things that we say will be a complete lie. Mm-hmm. It's uh, two truths and a lie distilled. Right. It's going to be a little game. The other person has to guess. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we all do a little bit of learning along the way, mm-hmm. right? We, we really do want to learn. Yes. Right? And we want to teach you guys. But we are invested in, at least a little bit, seeing one of us fail. Oh, absolutely. Nothing would bring me greater joy than if I could get you on a fucking lie for once. <laughs> and get all of you. Mm-hmm. That would be... I would probably quit uh, right after that, actually. <laughs> So it's going to happen in, what, 15 years? Oh, that's trash talk. I'm bringing my A game here. Yeah, we're firing up the competition. This We should adopt, like, uh, mm-hmm. like wrestling personas for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, let's just not do the normal intro anymore. Let's just enter, like... <laughs> the Russian devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just really, like, I'm going to crush you! Like, like, really aggressively get competitive with each other mm. at this. Because I'm, I'm starting to feel... I know this is just like a for fun podcast, but I'm really starting to feel angry that you are winning so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you should be feeling. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, it, there's a possibility that you're listening to it nice and fresh because we have published now. We uh, have a website. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, so many places for you to bully us. Yes. Or for you to, to like us and show your support. (laughs) Uh, I don't think Carissa understands how a promo works. Really, we'd prefer not to be cyberbullied on any of our many platforms, www.doublebluff.ca. Should we put up a comment box on our website, you think? Yeah. Except I'm really scared that someone's going to send me a message that says, your voice sounds fat. <laughs> Renee's a fat girl name. Do you agree? Wrong. Renee is a dog name or a horse girl name. Okay, it's a horse girl name. I yeah. don't. I can't think of any dogs named Renee. I know like at least five. What? Is I'm, that a real fact or are you lying? I'm lying. Ah! <laughs> and that's how you play the game, guys. Ah, you motherfucker! <sighs> so, um... We've published, but we haven't really talked about it anywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I should mention that our first episode was actually released on the night before uh, Blackout Tuesday. So we we were meant to start advertising, but in a combination of uh, respect for the movement and intense embarrassment about the first episode... We have not posted about it anywhere. And friendly reminder that if you're listening to this podcast, really feel no pressure to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Please don't start at the and beginning. We are begging you not to start at the episode <laughs> one. We've we've grown and matured. In four weeks. It's just been an incubation. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all the grossest words. We've been in a womb of, of spiritual growth. Mm, a nutsack. <laughs> I've been I've been hanging in the testicle of of creative juices. And I hate the word juices. Like even when I drink juice, I just say pulp matter. <laughs> Byproduct. Pulp. <laughs> I would like to take this first episode to just I guess explain more about what this podcast actually looks like. 
um, behind the scenes. It has literally been produced by me and Carissa and a single phone and Carissa's deathly panting, sweating, bleeding computer that literally can't be moved <laughs> or else it will die instantly. For sure. It has been... It, it's a grandma. It's it, just your computer has contracted coronavirus <laughs> and it's on its deathbed. But this mm-hmm. is how we are producing this podcast. We have learned everything from the bottom up about producing a podcast and we're learning. Mm-hmm. This is a true homebrew podcast. Yeah. I edit this on GarageBand. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. But we're going to be honest. You can probably tell that this has been edited on GarageBand. <laughs> I don't think we needed to tell you this. But what we do want to say is that your support would be amazing. Just like mm-hmm. us on Facebook. or mm-hmm. um, Send on, us $3. It, yeah, on Instagram. Um, put our name in your story with like a uh, like a selfie of you in your bathroom mirror and mm. um send us nudes send us a politically charged tweet mm. about your favorite social movement of the day mm. black lives matter um post us like us on your facebook and then your uncle sees it doesn't mm. realize that he doesn't need to comment on it but he does and he says what is this? Are you in this? And then you have to explain to him, no, this is of my friends. And then he says, where's the link? And then you say nothing because that's really awkward. Like you don't really know him that well. And you're just kind of, um, it's kind of uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Just do it. It just support us. That Mm -hmm. would be great. Mm -hmm. Rent a plane, fly it out. And then, you know, that when they do the smoke things, (laughs) yeah, spell out double bluff. For your entire city to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.doublebluff.ca. Can you believe we got .ca? Yeah, that's amazing. And we didn't even have to edit our title. No. Yeah. Um, it's also, it should be the right time to shout out. So again, this podcast is produced by us but also by the exploited work of some of our friends, mm-hmm. like my husband, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend, Catherine, who did the artwork for our podcast. Gorgeous. It's literally my favorite thing. I can't mm-hmm. believe it belongs to us. And it, the story of how it came to be, I honestly... Um, Kat is an amateur artist, right? And so I didn't even think of her as a possibility. But Renee remembered this... Very well done, but slightly <gasps> hurtful caricature that Catherine did of me. It was so sweet. With chopsticks in my teeth, like I was like a walrus, and we decided that's the one. I almost wanted to use that picture of you with the walrus yeah, teeth we, as we would definitely, our logo. We would definitely get a lot more nudes <laughs> if we did. Yeah, who else? Um, our friend Cam, who we talked about last episode, mm-hmm. he... He came over the night that we published, which would have been about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and sat there and listened to our podcast. Um, an hour and, and 18, 18 minutes. minutes. It was uh, definitely one of the most painful, like, hours and 18 minutes of my life. Excruciating. Yeah. How did you feel listening back to it? I hate myself most of the time, but in that moment, I think that I ascended. <laughs> I rose just carried forth by my own self-hatred. 
Mm-hmm. It was, I hate my voice so much. Yeah. And listening to it straight for an hour is quite possibly the literal definition of hell. Yeah. Um... We, you might have noticed, we've talked about this a little bit beforehand. We are tired. You can definitely hear it in our voices. And we apologize. Yeah, we're not we're not actors. We're just being our authentic selves right now. And our authentic selves kind of suck right now. Yeah. We're, but, why, but why, Carissa? What is your fucking problem today? Sorry. <laughs> that was way more aggressive than I expected. <laughs> Carissa, what's your fucking problem today? You know what? New segment. We'll what? do this every week. What's what your fucking f- problem? What's your fucking problem, dude? I just like, okay, it's been hot as balls. It's so humid. I can feel every cell in my body sticking to each other that's what they're supposed to do yeah (laughs) i'm sorry it is hot i know i'm sorry i don't understand how skin works (laughs) or matter (laughs) anyway my thighs are sticking to each other my armpits are sticking to my body actually i think that's what they do anyway but anyway (laughs) you're just describing a body i'm just like my arms are there. <laughs> My lips. I love how I was like, what's your problem? And you were just like, just I'm made of matter and my body has taken a shape and it's become problematic. Existence is torture. <laughs> yeah. So it's been hot and I really do feel like I am always close to losing my mind, especially in the summer. But add on to all of that insanity. Mm-hmm. I haven't got my period yet. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not because I'm pregnant. So the only other option is that an angel snatched my uterus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is very sad for my uterus. <laughs> and I know this sounds like I'm on the verge of tears. It's because I am. <laughs> I keep dreaming that I'm at a buffet. Mm. Buffet? Mm, doesn't matter. Anyway, I keep dreaming that I'm at a party with a huge spread of food, and I keep eating shoes. <laughs> I see people eating food, and then I'm I'm stuffing a boot down my throat, and then I wake up with a sore throat, which I am now so scared. That someone has been sneaking into my room and force-feeding me shoes in my sleep. Because <laughs> that's the only explanation for why I wake up with a sore throat. I don't know what I expected when I asked, what's your problem? I'm... I didn't expect this. I'm so sad. That's really funny. Yeah. What about you? What's your fucking problem? So I am also on my period. Or, well, like, I'm... I'm I think that our cycles tried to sync up, but then your cycle's running late for some reason, and now my cycle's like, hey, I'm here, where's the party? <laughs> and uh, it's just been, like, one of those cycles that, like, the veil is just pulled back, and I really hate men. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the moon. The moon doesn't like men. I can <clears throat> feel that. I can sense it. Mm-mm. No. Um, she's unhappy with their presence, and I am as well. Mm-hmm. I've had some 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 weird work experiences lately. Mm-hmm. It's almost like everybody. It's it's like they're ganging up. It's like they've all decided <laughs> that this is appropriate to mm. behave this way. I I 
This isn't funny. This is now just... This is me crying about shoes. Yeah. And <laughs> you crying about sexism. It's funny. Sorry, this is a tangent within a tangent, but I remember Peter saying that he wasn't sure this podcast was for him because his ideal podcast wasn't two ladies chatting. Is it what he put it? And I said, how dare you? That is so sexist. And then I realized we are complaining about our PMS <laughs> and how we hate men and shoes. And we're and talking about the moon. This is astrology. We're just pulling it all in there. We're having a gab is what we're having. We're having a bitch. I like to call it having a bitch. Here's a bitch. Okay, I was at work and one of the guys at work was looking at these two girls outside our window. You know, they're hot girls. And he said to one of the other guys I work with, hey, do you think they're lesbians? <laughs> why? Why? Well, they were. I They were. I, I'm not going to say they weren't. That's irrelevant. Yeah. But, you know, then he starts going off about... How he wants to have a threesome with them. Oh, menage a trois. Oh, they could be bi, you know? I wish everyone could see just the look of rage on Renee's face. I, I can't believe that there are still, like, men who genuinely feel like this comment is, is worth being said. Just on a very serious, just not funny note, men are just continuously historically pathetic. <laughs> um... I love how we decided this podcast was going to be for everyone. And then <laughs> Renee, Renee busts out episode four. Men are pathetic and have always been pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> men? Um, let's be real. There's no men listening to this. They already opened this podcast and five minutes in they said, hold on, this is just two ladies chatting. <laughs> I'm going to go watch the Joe Rogan experience. <sighs> okay, so let's uh, let's get back to it. I think I'm feeling good. Uh, I love you. I love recording this. This is the most fun I have all week. Wow. And you have sex with your husband. <sighs> <laughs> but today is actually, yeah, it is going to be fun because we're going to talk about something very, very, very interesting. Uh, by the way, I'll make it clear. Carissa and I do tell each other the topics beforehand, but we don't tell each other anything else. All I know mm. is the, the the string of words which you are about to know at this moment. I don't know why I'm talking like a youth pastor. Like, it's very no, complicated. You definitely do not sound like a youth pastor. A youth <laughs> pastor has so much pep in their voice. They're like, hi guys! Welcome to the church today. We are going to talk about Jesus. Don't do drugs or masturbate. <laughs> we need to bring that youth pastor energy here today. Yeah. Here today. Here. <laughs> what? Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, we're both giving it a try. You know what? Let's go back to Christianity, you and me. I think that's what we're missing from our oh, lives. I definitely, I definitely have been reading so much Deuteronomy lately. <laughs> Any women want me to explain to them the intricacies of Jewish law, hit me up. <laughs> Deuteronomy sounds like a female birth control. It, like, is. <laughs> if by birth control you mean murder by stoning. Oh, no. I don't know anything about Deuteronomy. It's a good way not to get pregnant. <laughs> Carissa, for fuck's sake, what's your topic? Today's topic is... Blood, magic, and healing. So, blood, 
magic, and healing. Mm-hmm. So this is not blood magic. It's blood, comma, magic, comma, and healing. <laughs> why? 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 Please tell me why. Because when I got this text yesterday, I thought, that's too many things, and I don't understand. Fair enough. I don't think I understand either. (laughs) I picked something, because the only other option was to write a 20-page essay on winking, and I refused to do that. Yeah, it's another promising one. But this was the other option, and I thought, honestly, what started me on this is... Thinking about when we get hurt now, we wear Mm band-aids. Where did that come from? And voila, that transformed into blood, magic, and healing. I should never say voila again. (laughs) Voila. And she also, like, you didn't see this, but she did the dramatic wrist, the, the universal... A uh, hand symbol for voila. Voila. So let's go from the beginning, shall mm. we? Yes, I'm so pumped. Wound treatment in ancient civilizations. Now, a lot of this information comes from a paper published in 1982. Mm-hmm. And while the information itself is pretty solid, it does refer to ancient Peruvians and Maasai as, quote, primitive peoples. End quote. Okay. So. Just a little sprinkle of racism in there. (laughs) Grain of salt, people. Yeah. As always. But there were basically four main centers of ancient medical knowledge. Uh, Mesopotamia and Egypt, that's basically one. Mm -hmm. The Far East, India, and South America and Polynesia. That's the fourth one. Par for course, the paper had almost no information on South America and Polynesia, except for a couple throwaway lines. (laughs) And the rest were basically given maybe like a couple of handfuls, but the real stars were Mesopotamia and Egypt. So in both Mesopotamia and Egypt, honey and lard, or any fat really, so butter too, were used to dress wounds. Here's actually a fun fact. You know what else was used? Myrrh and frankincense. Oh, so there are those, there, okay, as I understand, that's like essential oils, myrrh and frankincense? God, Sorry, that's like a product at Winners. Um, they're oils, yes? They're embalming fluids? Fuck, stop talking. What are they? <laughs> I think myrrh was used in resin form. Okay. But I'm not particularly sure. I think they can have multiple forms. Okay. But I think you're right. For the most part, myrrh and frankincense are oils. Great. But doesn't that remind you of something? Three kings of I- Orient come... <laughs> Bearing gifts. I don't know that that's necessary for you to sing it. (laughs) Yes, of course it does. It reminds me of the gifts given to the child Jesus to dress his wounds. Was that like a prophecy or? I think they were considered just like very exquisite, exotic Mm. gifts. Okay, so they were exquisite, exotic gifts. So they were used to dress wounds, but were the, was that, like, for wealthy people? And then common people used, like, lard? Mm. Is that what that is? That's very interesting. I didn't see any of the literature talk about it, but I know that the Egyptians had to import myrrh. Mm. So I'm guessing, yeah. Where did they come from? Where does myrrh come from? I'm Mesopotamia. What the fuck is myrrh? Can anybody actually explain what that is? Does it come from a plant? A tree? If memory serves, myrrh, okay, myrrh is a natural gum or resin, as right, Uh extracted from a number of small thorny tree species. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. And what is frankincense? I have no idea. It's an aromatic resin. Yes. And it's also from a different tree. Frankincense. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning of my relationship with Peter, mm-hmm. there was one night where I was sleeping in his old room and I had a nightmare. And when I woke up, I was really scared. I said, Peter, I had a nightmare. And he said, don't worry. And he crossed my forehead with frankincense. <laughs> Because he just happened to have some on him. And <laughs> Peter, is that's your typical Christian convert right there. Like a wandering priest. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he's like a, like a druid. Like he just happened to have that oil. And, and I can, so I can attest, frankincense mm-hmm. smells really good. Mm. It was on my forehead for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. But then I got worried I was going to have a crucifix-shaped acne splotch on my head. You would have been the chosen one. Uh- <laughs> Like you're walking down the village road, and then a random old priest goes, oh my god, my (laughs) dreams have come true, the visions were right. And it would just, yeah, we look at a demonic, I'd have just a series of boils in the shape (laughs) of a cross on my forehead. That's a true story. It smells really good, that's all you need to know about frankincense. Or maybe... Maybe these kings or wise men, whatever you want to say they were, maybe they brought this to him because they were trying to imply that Jesus was a wound. (sighs) That's a hot take. New take. (laughs) New take. Let's move on to the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Ancient Mesopotamia had many empires, but I am going to talk about the Akkadians, which were one of the first peoples to really form an empire in Mesopotamia. And... These people were really cool. They basically dominated this area, this region, for hundreds of years, right? So they've had a lasting impact on the region. And these people, they used to use bandages made of wool or linen. And I wanted to ask, do you remember being a kid Mm -hmm. and, like, getting a scratch and your mom's like, okay, wear a Band-Aid, and you just, like, refused because you were a big kid and you didn't need no (laughs) Band-Aid? We were fundamentally different children. No? Just, I was a baby. I was like, yeah, I want a Band-Aid and I wanted to have fucking Donald Duck on it. And I, yeah. That's so shameful. One time I got a cut and I put a piece of duct tape on it and no one noticed for a week. And (laughs) at the end of that week, they finally noticed and taking it off was really, really, like my skin had kind of grown onto it. Oh God. I so are there any ancient civilizations that did that out of curiosity? <laughs> Put an extremely powerful adhesive on it until it was painful to rip off? Truthfully, I think you're in good company. Okay. Because most ancient civilizations had approximately the same amount of knowledge <laughs> regarding oh, wound care. It's just like a hu- it's just a human instinct. You just see an open space and you're like, let's uh Stick our fingers in it. Yeah, let's put some stuff in there. Uh, Let's cover that up. Disgusting. Make it look nice. The first image I had in my head was, I imagined, like, this hulking Acadian soldier, and he's, like, come back from war, and he has this huge wound on his arm, and his mom's like, I have a woolen bandage. And he's like, no, mom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big boy now. (laughs) And she's like... I've just shorn the sheep for you, you ungrateful young man. (laughs) And now I really want to pitch a TV show called Acadian Tales to a very big company. HBO Max, please come for me. And it's about just a petulant Acadian soldier (laughs) who won't accept help from anyone. And in two episodes, he dies of gangrene. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. I needed an arc to round it out. (laughs) 
Mine was basically just him fighting with his mom. That's a that's a great series. The Egyptians, they were interesting. Okay, so they did invent the first adhesive bandage by putting gum on cloth strips. What do you mean gum? Like resin gum. Oh. And then they just stuck it on. Wow. Okay, yeah. so ancient Egyptians invented band-aids. Essentially. Invented is a strong word. I can't say band-aids because band-aid is copyrighted by Johnson and Johnson. Oh. Johnson and Johnson. I think this podcast is just one big race to see who's going to sue us first. Oh. I hope it's Johnson and Johnson. I hope it's uh, the estate of John Lennon for me using his song in episode two. <laughs> I used about 15 seconds of it. That would be a really good story. I got sued by John Lennon. Yeah. After he died. But what really ties both these cultures together and how they approached medicine and wound treatment is the role of sorcery. The Akkadian setup was actually really, really interesting and incredibly novel. They had three categories of healers. One was the diviners who diagnosed the wound, which, like, not that hard. Oh, hey, it's a wound. (laughs) I'm divining something. It's quite open. And there's blood, yes? Mm. Oh, my God, how'd you know? (laughs) And they also provided the reason for the wound. Again, not incredibly difficult. This is the healer category equivalent of giving your younger sibling the Xbox remote that doesn't work. Like, that's not connected. And you're just like, here, you can play too. And here, you can be a healer too. That's a wound. <laughs> and that's their job. But they did have an important role because they predicted the prognosis. Mm, okay. So were you going to die? The diviner is going to tell you. The second were magicians who would rid you of devils and demons. Were they a part of the group that said wounds and illnesses and diseases were works of demons no they would just remove it from you so is is this under the assumption that all humans just inherently have demons inside or that the demon got inside the wound or i think it's like part of the healing process is like oh you were hurt i'm going to first extract all the bad energies wow yeah yeah yeah. but obviously i'm not an acadian expert (laughs) So maybe... (laughs) Really? I really uh, am getting the impression. Yeah, I speak ancient Sumerian, (laughs) not Akkadian. There's a difference. But anyway, so these magicians would do those cool spell things, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe they just, like, threw powder on you and were like, poof, it's gone. (laughs) Who knows? I'd like to imagine it's much more ritualistic than that. Oh, hopefully. Imagine you're giving money to a guy and he just comes and throws sand on your face and he's like, poof. It's gone. That's my sand guy. I do that every weekend. <laughs> He's closed, though, because of COVID. Of course. Of course. Social distance. Oh, God. This pandemic has really... <laughs> really disrupted the magicians. Yeah. Poor magicians. Guys, reach out to them. Okay. Who's the <laughs> third category of healer? The third category of healer were the priest physicians who prescribed or performed operations. Don't ask me how successful these were, because ancient medical practices weren't always the best thing do the acadians exist anymore no they're out that is the evidence (laughs) it's because of the priest physicians (laughs) yeah read a book like you know what they should have read a book oh i thought you were telling me to read no they should have read what's your fucking problem (laughs) well i already told you i've been eating shoes in my dreams (laughs) okay 
Yeah, so they would perform operations, and they also used charms in incantations. So, you can see, like, even with the sort of more scientific approach, they still were very closely tied to magic. I want to know, who'd you want to be? Yeah, this is a Harry Potter sorting quiz, but for Acadian healer Okay, category. but aren't you supposed to ask me questions like, what's your favorite fruit? And then <laughs> I'm like, cantaloupe, and then you're like, you're a priest physician. Mm. Um, okay, so if I had to choose one, what was the middle one again? Ma- the magicians? Yeah, just a magician. Yeah, I would want to be like that, because they're, they're like exorcists. Mm. They, they like take the demons out. I imagine. I would like to imagine that's like a really dramatic process. I feel like you mm-hmm. are the, you're just like the weird one of the group. Like uh, <laughs> like the three, the, the healers visit your house and they're like, one of us is going to do science, one of us is going to do a surgery, Hmm. And the other one is just going to kind of scare you and your family. He's going to do an elaborate peacock dance. (laughs) Yeah. It fits. I feel like all comedians would be magicians. Yeah. We're really not that far from magicians. Yeah, because you have to be really good at lying. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, you could be lying right now. (laughs) I feel like you might have taken these classes of healers from Final Fantasy. (laughs) I'm just going to... Mm-hmm. Uh... Continue. I also want to know, who would you get sent to? Um. You, oh, so you only get sent to, like, one of them? Yeah. I would probably, like, if I was really in the moment, I would be like, hey, I want the surgery. Please save my life. Mm-hmm. Without knowing about sepsis. <laughs> and that that's why I would probably die quite young in this ancient society. Yeah. Or childbirth, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk about an open wound. <laughs> <laughs> the vagina. The vagina is... Do the people still call that a gash or a wound? I think British people do. A gash? Yeah, a gash. Oh, that's disgusting. It's kind of yeah. hot. It's kind of gross. <laughs> As are most things. I realize that I would probably be sent to the magician because I have a mental illness. <laughs> that's so true. Also, when you talk too loudly, it's like, God, get the demon out of this woman. She's just... this. She's loud. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I am not shedding a tear right now. Let's move on to the Greeks. Yeah, the Greeks were interesting. What do you know about Greek people? I know everything that you told me about donkeys in episode one. (laughs) That they want to fuck horses. Yeah, that's about it. I'm guessing there were some wounds resulting from that process. Uh, What else? They were very gallant people. They did learn a lot from the Egyptians, particularly around Alex's conquest is what I have written down. Mm. I meant to say Alexander's conquest. It's kind of offensive to call him Alex. No? Is it? Just Al. <laughs> the great Al. I really think that this was blind leading the blind <laughs> at this point, though, because the Egyptians, for all their uh, greatness, again, like I said, weren't the greatest at healing, and neither were the Greeks. I mean, they did some things, bandages, mm-hmm. okay, but that's kind of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They did have their own... Magic fun time rituals. The Greeks. The Greeks? Mm-hmm. I didn't know the Greeks were into magic. They were. In fact, they even had witch trials pre-Christianity. What? Mm-hmm. In- infrequent, but they did exist. Oh, that is amazing. That's a... No, 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 Renee. No, don't get attached. <laughs> don't get attached to the information. It's definitely a lie. No, that's... that's or is it? got to be a lie. <laughs> anyway, so they had surgeons present in the Greek army... Circa Trojan War. Wow, yeah. surgeons. Yeah, yeah. Surgeons, I mean, let's be honest, they're not 
the surgeons we think of today. They're more just like people like hacking. So what would they do? Hack. (laughs) And hope it went well. Wash and dress the wound. And then, this is the funniest thing. Quote, chant incantations. End quote. So this dude would come up and he sees you bleeding out. He's going to pour some water over you. And then he's going to be like, la, 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 for 20 minutes. And bam, you're dead. (laughs) So like I said, don't get attached to the idea of an ancient Greek surgeon. They weren't good. Do you know the guy that did the oaths that all doctors do today? Hippocrates? Hippocrates. Uh, I wanted to hear you say that word first. Hippocrates was not a huge fan of bandages. Did you know? He didn't want anyone to overindulge in them. Nature, he says, is best for the wound after washing with wine or vinegar. Wow. I'm just like cringing at the idea of someone pouring vinegar. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I feel like if I were stranded on a desert island and I had a wound, I one of my first instincts would be to put something like that on it, <sighs> like alcohol or vinegar. Also, Hippocrates was an anti-vaxxer. Of course he was. Hippocrates knew some things, but most things he did not. Because he was Greek. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not true. It's because he was a man. <laughs> just just, just knocking out our viewers like flies. Eh? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have to say that alcohol was actually pretty popular. Beer in particular. So the ancient Sumerians who, you know, we talked about them a little bit. They were an empire in Mesopotamia. They would use beer. Mm. And I think a lot of cultures actually used alcohol to dress the wound. Now, Hippocrates, let's come back to how much of an idiot he is. Okay. He had this theory of the humors, which actually is incredibly popular. Yeah, it stays popular through the Middle Ages, right? Yeah, and even now, like, you hear people talk about it, so it's not completely dead. Whom in the fuck? Who talks about it? Pop scientists. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) So it's not doctors. (laughs) But, yeah, it is an incredibly uh, influential theory. And it basically posits that there are different humors that the body has, like blood, phlegm, and bile, Mm -hmm. you know? Diseases are a result of an imbalance in said humors. Hippo, I'm not going to say his real name, saw wounds as diseases. Hmm. Yeah, he was stupid. And he posited that to fix the humors, and therefore to fix the wound, you would basically have to do this. Venisection. Okay. Venisection. Okay. Which is... This is awful. Brace yourselves. If you are squeamish, maybe don't listen to this part. A vessel near the wound would be opened to let the corrupt blood out. So just make another wound next to the wound? (laughs) They wanted to get the bad blood out. Uh, Because the bad blood is what was killing the person, not uh the wound. And the rest of the bad humor was basically controlled by getting the patient to purge, as in vomit. Oh. And put them on a really strict diet. <laughs> this is torture. And I, the paper that I got this from very succinctly said, not many people survived this. <laughs> and Hippocrates was like, this is, I am, I'm a genius. I'm going to make my own oath. <laughs> First, do no harm. Second, create multiple wounds. <laughs> One wound simply won't do. More wounds will surely solve the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Genius, man. Mm -hmm. Genius. I want to give a shout-out to Islamic medicine, especially around the 10th century. It had a significant impact 
on European and later on global medicine, right? Did you know that they figured out distillation and crystallization? Hmm. Okay. Do you want to explain those concepts a little bit more? Just just for our listeners. For the <laughs> listeners. So distillation, I think, is purification. Okay. So if you distill water, you purify it. Ah, okay. This is digging so deep back into my year 10 chemistry classes. Okay. I was so high for the, all of those. <laughs> I need... And crystallization. Okay, can I be honest with you? I have no idea what it is. But when I hear the word crystallization, I can really only think of the word bedazzling. <laughs> and do you remember the fever dream in 2010 where bedazzling... Was it thing? Yes! Okay, so you don't know what either of those terms are. No, but I know what vajazzling is. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say, throughout all of this, I want to big up someone. Mm -hmm. I want to big up Louis Pasteur and his germ theory. The man did so much for us. And he definitely gets a lot of recognition. But I'm just saying that after hearing all the horrendous, horrendous things that humans have done to each other, Louis Pasteur helped in some ways to end them. Okay, right? who is this man? Tell me about Louis him. Pasteur was a microbiologist in the old century, possibly 18th or 19th, don't ask me. What he did was he figured out, okay, germs exist and here's how we get sick. Oh, yeah. wow. So before him, there were other doctors who noticed that when you wash your hands, there are less people who die as a result of you operating on them. Wow, okay. But, like, I know specifically one of these doctors, he was actually, he died in an asylum because he was driven mad by the fact that no one would believe him because at the time there was no actual explanation for why mm -hmm. washing your hands did less harm. Wow. Yeah. So, big up, Louis Pasteur. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like, you are a person in the old century <laughs> yelling at everybody, hey, there are billions of tiny creatures all over your body and they are malicious they are trying to harm you could you I, yeah put him in the asylum i get it so ignace semmel weiss is the doctor that we just mentioned and he i don't even think that he talked about any germs he just observed that washing hands was better oh okay. and they couldn't even believe him about that yeah white people are so dirty men historically <laughs> women no, clean, vajazzled to the stars. <laughs> but yeah, so what I like to think about is that humanity went through this, basically like with the Egyptians, Mesopotamians, we came up with bandages and, uh, you know, basics of wound care. We didn't make any progress until basically Louis Pasteur, mm -hmm. which huge time gap. Uh, you might not have the answer to this, but it sounds to me like that entire enlightenment period, like from like the 1500s up to what you're talking about this 17 or 1800s mm -hmm. like there was nothing in that time there were no real advances in terms of medical mm -mm. no wow i mean sure there must have been pockets because we've seen with the ancient peruvians that we mentioned before and even the maasai in uh, tanzania and kenya they did have rudimentary surgery that wasn't seen in other parts of the world so there were pockets but global yeah, acceptance of mm -hmm. the... Wow. Yeah. That is really neat. And uh, you might not have the answer to this, but, like, Louis Pasteur, is that have something to do with, like, pasteurizing? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. 
Yeah, so pasteurizing is another way to purify or kill the bacteria nice. in things, right? So yeah, we pasture. Let's move on. I want to talk about India. I'm Indian, for those of you who don't know. In India, turmeric was and is really popular as a home remedy for wounds. What you do is you take it and you put it on your wound. Simple. It contains an antioxidant, which reduces inflammation and accelerates healing. So this is something that we've been doing for centuries and only recently has it been scientifically backed up. So yeah. I think those there are interesting implications for how we may look down on folk remedies yep, until absolutely. we get Western scientific mm-hmm. backing. And I think it's good, but it can also be bad. <laughs> As is everything in the world. <laughs> that was such a university. I was waiting for that conclusion. No, honestly, no. I, I I agree with what you're saying. I don't. I am not disparaging it at all. I think that that's so true. Is that so much wisdom and so much knowledge? And I think even maybe calling it wisdom makes it sound too mystical. It's almost like mm-hmm. nativism. It's knowledge. It's science has been present in first of all in in indigenous peoples mm-hmm. and yeah other and and just basically not white western peoples for much longer than white people want to admit they mm-hmm. th- they would like to think that we were the light bringers mm-hmm. of the world when mm-hmm. we were just yeah. we we're just we we're just cutting we we're just creating wounds yeah <laughs> we, we we were like poop poop yeah we well you no you guys were like universe brain doing some other oh i don't know shit i don't know some of us were just eating dirt. 100%. That is good for your immune system. I think Hippocrates would agree with me on that. Nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really funny because growing up, turmeric is kind of this uh, panacea. And it's not like we ever saw it anywhere. And then fast forward to 2017 and goop gets big. And you oh, see yes, everyone yes. drinking turmeric milk. And I don't care. But I'm just saying... I invented it. <laughs> My people invented it. I have no argument. <laughs> Let's move on to healing and magic specifically. We talked a little bit about sorcery in Mesopotamia and Egypt, but you know what I think about when it comes to healing and magicians? What's that? Ra, ra, Rasputin. Ah. Rasputin. Yeah, no, yes. What do you know about him? I know that he was, yeah, so I, I guess a, a sorcerer priest person yeah um he uh, um he was an advisor to the sar sarina i think more than oh the to the, well to the sarina mm. you know quote you know advisor quote, end quote bony m <laughs> would say about that but no, he was an advisor, but yeah, I, as far as I know, he was a sorcerer. I am getting this information from the movie Anastasia. Please give me more. He had a bat friend. I assume that's historically accurate. 100% there was a talking bat involved in the Russian Revolution. So Rasputin, he purportedly helped heal the young hemophiliac Romanov Prince Alexei. That's really why he was brought on board because he said that, hey, I know how to help stop this because it was a very royal plague and it was very shameful to have something running in your family. You know, you even as a chosen Family yeah. couldn't... But it was like, was it because of the inbreeding, though? A hundred percent it was because of the inbreeding. Yeah. In fact, it was because what would happen is 
these young women who are married off into these royal families, they all really came from one line, mm -hmm. which was Queen Victoria's line. Right. And they would be carriers for the hemophiliac gene. Wow. And so if the ro royal family had just done themselves a favor and fucked some orientals, I don't know, uh, <laughs> used only for comedic effect, I don't, I would never actually refer to people as orientals. You can say that. You can say orientals. Hmm. I think, isn't, isn't, sorry, isn't the Middle East and South Asia considered orient? Yeah, but I think it's considered racist. No, 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 it's considered racist for sure. But it's your, it's your word. <laughs> you reclaim it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why in the song they're like, we three kings of Orient are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're oh. reclaiming the slur. Oh. Yeah, there's a long history of Russian mysticism, is what I wanted to say. Okay. And this history, people are jealous of it. Mm -hmm. yeah, I was reading some academic journals where scholars are just like, why are the Russians getting so much attention when there's so much English popular magic? That's just... English? Really? Yeah, so they have a point. We don't really talk about English folk magic. I want to talk about it because... The English had really cute things. Okay, so it's not pagan-based, it's not I would like Wicca-based. I don't know about Wicca, but I do think that it's a melding of pre-Christian practices, mm -hmm. Celtic yeah. and otherwise, <gasps> and Christianity. Okay, so when you say Celtic, are you like, like meaning like Druids? Maybe. Honestly, it's kind of hard to tell, okay, what mesh to create this. But it's definitely stuff that isn't native, mm -hmm. whatever that really means, to Christianity. Very neat. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. They, like, basically had different charms for different elements, right? Mm -hmm. So they would have a list of charms for things like bleeding. Like, how do you stop bleeding? My favorite one was from Devin, quote, obtained from an old lady, and this is the term, where the patient is suffering from a nosebleed, they should get a person of the opposite sex to repeat chapter 16, verse 6 of Ezekiel. And this is the verse. And when I passed by thee, and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou waste in thy blood, live. Hmm. So what was the significance of having someone of the opposite sex read it? No one knows. Yeah. These charms, I think they're idiosyncratic because they're only really understandable because they're not understandable. They're supposed to be mystical. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So you jump through hoops and that's how you know it's magic or miracles. And they had charms for toothaches, fevers, you name it. In fact, they found a charm on a, a placard around a dead guy's uh, neck that had like the verse that he had to say and it was a charm for a fever so it's obviously he said that charm and then died of the fever <laughs> <laughs> i would call a lot of this stuff uh magico religious folk medicine that's the official term and i got this from a dude called yoder but i actually think that these kind of charms are sort of universal because even in parts of the Middle East, uh, in ancient time and present, you either say or write wholly magical formulas as a treatment for things like scorpion bites. And even some Hindus, um, like Hindu folk religion, has mantras that are recited to treat things like snake or insect bites. I think this is all sounding pretty familiar to me because it's more or less like pr 
prayer healing. Yeah. Like in the in the Christian sense, like mm-hmm. just healing by prayer and like also like Reiki Mm-hmm. stuff like that touch healing mm-hmm. thing so this is something that's like really persistent yeah and i think we just have an attraction to that like it's not like out of a mistrust of science or anything but mm-hmm. it's like that's something we crave is like mm-hmm. we we feel like our suffering is somehow spiritual mm-hmm. it is just craving knowing that there's a connection there mm-hmm. forcing that connection really <laughs> yeah i agree i also realized that Protective amulets were really popular. So sometimes they would contain religious verses, you know, like that guy I just talked about. Okay, this is actually my favorite thing that I've read with regards to poetry and amulets. Apparently there was a specific poem that men in Arabia would have inscribed and put into an amulet as protection against impotence Mm. when they went to war. So there was this anxiety weirdly that you would go off to war and maybe and come you would back impotent yeah you'd be injured and like nobody wants that okay <laughs> so uh they didn't want the war to affect their sex drive it's oddly romantic okay so this is a very crude translation i had to employ the skills of my friend and as it goes i tried my best to even make it rhyme um farewell my wife and my concubines oh This day marks the beginning of several lonely, harsh nights. May Allah grant me bountiful skinnings and keep my rod safe and plump. My rod? Rod, safe and plump. He's basically saying, please grant me a forever chub. (laughs) I can't. What if if you were an Arabian woman in 11th century? And yeah, my husband just showed me this amulet and I'm like, and he oh, reads it to you. Wonderful. And you're like, not just alone, you have the concubines. Yeah. And we're all like, that is so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing you when you get back. <laughs> all of us secretly know that he will die because of <laughs> no, other core healing. Yeah. Well, we're hoping, really. <laughs> I imagine that we're all friends. Would you be dating them? The concubines? Yeah. Um, yeah. See, okay. Here's the thing. I used to think sister wives meant that the wives were also wives. And I used to think that was cool. I was like, that's... Am I polyamorous? <laughs> or do you just have a harem fantasy? <laughs> Should Peter get concubines? <laughs> He's Orthodox Christian. Maybe he can. I, I wonder don't... if there's like a special chub poem in Orthodox Christianity. <laughs> Just, like, wondering for a friend or something. I don't know. May your rod and staff comfort me. (laughs) That's from Psalms. Is it actually? Uh, I do want to talk about female magic. Tangled. The movie? The Disney movie. Have you watched it? I have, but why? She binds a wound with her hair and then sings an incantation. Does that have root in something? Or... I'm not sure. I don't think <laughs> the original German fairy tale had that. No, none no. of that. But I do think it's interesting how even in like a Disney movie, you see this trope pop up. You bind a wound and then you encant. Wow, that is so neat. And no, that's not how the original fairy tale went. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for you. No, tell me, tell me. Um, She doesn't actually want him to come up the tower. What? It's yeah, great. so she's up there and she's blind and alone. Oh my god! And then he's like, "I'm coming up," and she's like, "No, thank you." And he comes up, and then I think he 
falls down into a thorny bush and dies. Deserved it. (laughs) Yeah, deserved it. Happy ending. Um, Modern day folk medicine. What do you think? Practitioners of said medicine. Uh, mixed feelings. Don't say homeopathy. I was going to say homeopathy. <laughs> Is it not the same? Because I, my understanding of homeopathy anyway, it like has all to do with like... Um, Sugar tablets. Yeah. Uh, like I, maybe I'm mixing it up. Maybe it's just a hodgepodge of, of a, it's just a basket of bad things that I'm catching. It's like all about like purity and detoxification and cleansing mm-hmm. and then also like uh inoculation of tiny little um placebo minerals and things like uh, yeah i the reason why i didn't really want to touch on it is because i don't consider homeopathy or homeopathy folk medicine because right people now. pay thousands of exactly. fucking dollars for homeopathy mm-hmm. yeah. and it's very very formalized even in india yeah so i Wanted to really talk about witch doctors and shamans, actually. I wouldn't consider that to be modern. That's why I wouldn't have brought it up. No. It's modern in many places. Like, it's still a thing. Yeah. uh, Even today, I think, when you say the word albino, what's the first thing a person will say? Oh, I have a fun fact. Uh, Witch doctors in parts of Africa will sell body parts of albino people. Whoa. First of all, never heard of that. Second of all, not that fun of a fact. Oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) Kind of horrifying, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, the term witch doctor is a Western imposition. Right, right. But it can be a harmful practice because, you know, they're killing albino people for their parts. And that still happens today? Or they don't even kill them. Like, it is common to see in some parts albino people who are missing Mm. a limb. That's horrific. Yeah. That's... Are you lying? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, this feels like something I should have known about or, yeah, I should have known about this if it's actually true. I don't know. I can't give you a clue. I think that we should move on to shamans. When you think of shamans, do you think of, like, long dead cultures? I I do think shaman is also, maybe I'm wrong here, but it's also a kind of loaded term, like Mm. a Western term. Um, because obviously like, well, so I'm coming from a Canadian background and I'm thinking about indigenous peoples and just like the, the ways that white North Americans abuse the terms medicine man or shaman, Mm -hmm. like where, first of all, there are probably like native language, like real names for those people. And also like, I think maybe what they do has been misconstrued. So I think I'm bringing a lot of baggage into that one. Mm. Tell me more. Fair enough. I really want to focus on Nepalese shamans who, there are many shamanisms. I think that's the accepted rule of thumb when it comes to talking about shamans Mm -hmm. and spiritual healers and the like. And here's the thing. Western society is quite mm, mechanistic, right? Mm -hmm. It's the enlightenment. It's the product of the enlightenment. Gotcha. So one thing leads to another and that's it. Illness happens because of germs and that's it. I agree with this. But when it comes to looking at shamanism and rituals and beliefs, we must disregard this common A to B narrative that we have, especially when we think about the world and who inhabits it. Mm-hmm. So in Nepalese tradition, or at least in some Nepalese 
traditions. Mm -hmm. It's not just humans that walk the earth, it's also the spirits. And we kind of share, commingle, walk on top, walk below mm -hmm. each other in our domains. And I'm going to quote, in this world, shamanistic healing is integral to construing the relationships between body, spirit, and society. And this is the most important part. Health not only implies well-being at an individual bodily level, it means that one's familial, social, and cosmic relations proceed as a harmonious whole. So you're not just good if you're able to breathe. Are your stars looking nice? Hmm. Like, are they aligned well? <laughs> That's what really matters. Like, all of that put together. And... Going back to this quote, it says, Incidents of illness among Nepalese hill communities are often mapped uh, onto the surrounding landscape. So individuals fall ill if they accidentally trip up and go near a spirit being's dwelling. Wow. So the offended spirit then assaults the interloper and there ensues the illness or the wound, whatever it may be. So it's not just... Okay, the way they treat illness is different. Yeah. It's important to realize the way that we look at illness or even existence is completely separated. And this is a little bit further, but have you heard of Charles Taylor? He sounds familiar. What is it? What He's is a he philosopher. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. He wrote a very influential book called A Secular Age. And in that, he talks about, I think, the first chapter or the foreword, he talks about the porous world versus the non-porous world. The porous world is the world of the the ancient people and hill communities like this. Okay. Where the spirits seem to almost co-mingle with us. Ah, yeah. Possibilities are endless, and we're not closed off to the idea of cosmic intervention. Right. And even, like, Christianity, like, we would think, okay, it's porous, but, like, it's very much influenced by the Enlightenment. So it's... It's different from, okay, my religion is here, my secular is here. No, it's almost always... No, it is always existing together at the same time. Simultaneously at the same time. <laughs> Henceforth, therefore. <laughs> that is so cool. Like, it always blows my mind to know that, like, the way that we are expected to see things is... I don't know, you said that you agree with, like, the normal cause and effect A to B thing, but, mm -hmm. like, I think that just start, the, the phrase you use, like, the porous versus the non-porous, like, that allows for so much more to be explained that we actually have no way of explaining as well. Mm, fair enough. One assumption that I have always had, and I literally have not been able to shake this, when I think of the word shaman, I think of a person wearing a blanket. Okay, see, when that, that is the media. <laughs> like a colorful tie-dye. A, a colorful, like, no, not a tie-dye like for me it's like patches mm. it's like hemp patch blanket quilted almost indeed uh, and yeah, like just these yeah, you get these media images like there's a stick involved as well. Yeah. Is that a is that also a trope? And also like brown leathery skin. Yeah, just like an older like just sagely individual. Mm. Um, and yeah, these are all really media-influenced The more things. I think about this, the more I realize that this is just my grandma. <laughs> my grandma wears a sari, which is like <laughs> cloth, which could be, you know, a blanket. <laughs> could you imagine if shamans, like, like anybody could just, like, it was like being a, like getting your certificate to marry people online and you, anybody could just be a shaman? I think anyone can be a shaman. I, uh, I whether, don't know about that. No, no, no. Like, you can be a shaman, but 
no one's gonna believe you or take you seriously but yeah you can be like i'm a shaman same way that people say things like i'm a vegan (laughs) there and there are no real vegans this is what we know they're made up i want to go to a shaman whose name is brian and he he lives in a tri-rise apartment Mm -hmm. and he wears hawaiian t-shirts and a straw hat like Kid oh. Rock. Oh God, Kid Rock, horrific Kid, yeah, image. Kid Rock could be like your modern shaman. He's just got that like scraggly hair. Mm. Even though he's rich, he looks and racist and racist. Just sort of underfed physically and spiritually. Like mm. not to say that he's skinny, but that he just <laughs> looks malnutritious. Is that your dream cast for a shaman? <laughs> Mine would be Richard Pryor. <laughs> He'd make a great shaman. Exactly. Or George Carlin, but George Carlin would be an angry shaman. Yeah, he would probably not really like the implication that he was in any way affiliated with any spirituality or religion. He would throw rocks at you. Yeah. Oh, that's the kind of shaman slash magician that I could get with. Mm-hmm. Just a, a mild physical assault <laughs> to expel my demons. What kind of thing would you go to a shaman for versus a doctor? Ah, uh, any variety of my current ailments Anything? that I would never see a doctor for. I have cankles. They could probably do something about mm-hmm. that. All these problems are obviously part of the porous. <laughs> I think there's demons in my ankles, and that's why they look so swollen. Just inexplicable problems. Right. They are inexplicable, okay? When I started this quarantine, I was I had a very comfortable ankle, and now mm. my work shoes chafe against my ankle, and that's how I know something's occurred. And that something, in my opinion, is demons <laughs> in my ankles. So cankles, go to a shaman, check. What, yeah, what about you? I would go to a shaman so that I get a potion that helps me get laid. Wow. No, you just need that. You need that amulet with that poem on it about your rod being plump. Was it plump? It was plump. Plump and just perky. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Perky. Yeah. That's what you need. We should bring back shamans, though. I think some cultures definitely, this is a wildly offensive section. I'm pretty sure some cultures still have shamans. Okay, let's import them. Pretty sure cultures here still have shamans. Okay, let's get more. (laughs) There's nothing wrong. Make it a a, a certifiable. Every second house should have a shaman. Actually, you know what? Here's what I'll say, because we did talk about homeopathy really briefly, but I just want to call out, like, just because we're talking about healing and modern folk medicine or whatever, there are some, like, real scammers out there. You know, I had a friend, and he found these people online saying, pseudoscientists who were pretend- who were also conspiracy theorists, and they were saying, oh, you know, Western medicine won't tell you this, but everybody has tiny parasites that are at all times ruining your life and most people don't notice them wait are these people just explaining bacteria it yes <laughs> yes but they call them parasites and i know people who have given that sent, sent them hundreds and thousands of dollars trying to get them to test their their blood samples their stool samples their urine samples and then of course the company come back like oh definitely you have a parasite or definitely, you know, you're super sick and you need to take our medicine, which was 
Say it with me. Sure. Oil of oregano. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even know there was such a thing as oil in oregano. Oil of oregano is like this catch-all kind of like thing for, um, it, it, it's supposed to help you when you're sick. Like, it's a pretty accepted thing. It smells terrible. That's all I have to say. What does it smell like? Like oregano, but after it's been digested and <laughs> thrown up already. Like, it's worse. It smells so bad. Moral of the story... Don't send people your blood. They're definitely drinking that shit. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, yes, the blood sample. Glug, glug, glug. Yes, you're very sick. You, uh... I can taste the parasites. <laughs> Smoky. Yeah, don't do that. But what you should do is send us hundreds and thousands of dollars. And we will... Give you nothing. Uh, we'll give you our blood, actually. Mm. <laughs> Maybe, and you can test our blood and let us know how that goes. You know what we should do? We should market to vampires. If you are a vampire, please call 647. <laughs> Take our blood. We have a lot of it right now, if you couldn't tell. And I don't mind you drinking mine. I don't mind at all. Yeah. Someone's got to, exactly. right? That's how humors work. Thank you, Hippocrates. <laughs> okay, I want to hear about band-aids now. Band-aids. What was your favorite kind of uh, band-aid? The design. I, okay. <laughs> like, imagine I asked you that and you were like, no, I like a big band-aid. I, I was going to say that. I do like those band-aids, like not the cloth ones, but the ones that are like plasticky. So normal band-aid. No, 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 no. But it's not rubbery. It's like plasticky. I've never seen this. Is this? It's. I think. I think it's a new one. Oh God. Uh, this is this this is this this is so late stage capitalism that we're talking about. Yeah. Our favorite kinds of band-aid brand. <laughs> band-aids. Um. What do you mean? There's only one band-aid. Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> Band-Aids. Here's a little known fact about me. But for the past, like, three weeks, I've had the Band-Aid song stuck in my head. I don't know what that is. And you know what? It wasn't really as, like, um, influential of a commercial as it, like, for everybody as it was for me. But it was like, <laughs> I am stuck on a Band-Aid brand because Band-Aid stuck on me. Oh, I God. like perfect fit because it fits so perfectly. I just got... <laughs> what? And I've had it stuck in my head for like three weeks. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Who okayed that song? It it was a very charming commercial. I would laugh at it if I was young. Band-Aids. I really like the ones with the Barbie, you know? A good one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially they had the branded like tie-ups with the Barbie movies. Oh, uh, were you a Barbie movie oh, girl? A fanatic. I, I know all the songs. Really? I know everything. Oh, I was really robbed of that. Yeah, you were raised basically like a wild child. I was. Yeah. I watched Family Guy. You're basically Mowgli. Yeah. <laughs> so Band-Aids, they were invented by... This story is a little sappy, just gonna say. I may cry at the end of this. Okay. They were invented by a Johnson & Johnson employee, Earl. Not a good name. <laughs> don't name your kids Earl. I think Earl's done. I don't think anyone's naming their kids Earl anymore. Hopefully not. It, naming your kid Earl is about as embarrassing as naming your kid Rural Juror. <laughs> He's an Earl Rural Juror. <laughs> Meet my Rural Juror Earl. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. It was invented in 1920 for his accident-prone wife, Josephine. 
Oh, that's actually so cute. Mm-hmm. She would often cut her fingers in the kitchen. Slightly less wholesome. But get this. Adorable? He was made vice president of the company. After inventing Band-Aid? Yeah. Imagine that kind of job. Okay, but didn't he not steal it from the ancient... Egyptians? Egyptians. Cultural appropriation yet again strikes. This time in rural... <laughs> Earl! Earl. No, it shows how easy it was for a white man in early 20th century America. That's very true. So are you telling me that before that people just used, like, was gauze being used or yeah. just like wool shit? Yeah, cloth. Band-aids were actually not even that popular in the beginning. And I can see why. Apparently when they were first made, they were handmade and they weren't very convenient. But this is what Johnson & Johnson did to popularize them. They first included them in Boy Scouts kit and later during World War II they sent like packages over to the soldiers fighting and it became a staple of soldiers kits. Wow. Yeah. All these boys are inculcated in the way of the band-aid at such a young age and then they go off to war and what did they see? Mm-hmm. Band-aid from their childhood. I don't know the timelines. I don't think they match up. But I think it's quite sweet. No, that is really cool. That's, uh... And this is the heart-wrenching part. Okay? okay? Guys, I am a romantic, despite what it may seem. There's a play by Sarah Rule called The Clean House. And I have a favorite quote from it. And it goes, I loved her to the point of invention. And I think it fits Earl and Josephine. Oh, I had no idea how that sentence was going to end. That is so beautiful. <laughs> okay, is that it? That's okay. all I have about blood, magic, and healing. I understand that there's a lot more to be said. It was a big topic. <sighs> huge, it's a huge. Big topic. I but think you I... did a great job. Thank you. I just didn't want to do the research. <laughs> <laughs> and that you didn't. But guess mm. what? I'm going to guess now. Okay, we got through this. Mm-hmm. And you did awesome. Thank and your topic you. was really interesting. I actually feel like I learned a lot. Mm. I also feel like we did a lot of conjecture about, about other cultures. <laughs> That's comedy, Renee. And ignorance. Yes, the perfect combination. Uh, two girls, one phone, <laughs> one large cloud of ignorance hanging mm -hmm. above us both. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I feel like I have my finger on a couple of different possibilities for your lie. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a little defeatist at this point because this is like week five <laughs> and I've no I've, I've neither been able to fool you completely nor guess your lie. And so I'm just throwing all caution to the wind with this one. I'm going to give you three possibilities. Okay. And then you're going to give me a hint. Okay. So my first one, the three classes of healers mm -hmm. in ancient, what was that, Egypt? Or was that ancient Mesopotamia? Are you trying to catch me out on a lie right now? I don't, I, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't remember you know what you should kind of interrogate me at this point okay was it ancient egypt or ancient mesopotamia it was ancient mesopotamia oh, okay acadians right they were acadians yeah god fuck okay the three classes of healers <sighs> i think that was my maybe made up that could have been made up i do i do feel like you actually did steal that from a video game uh i felt that right away and 
That's not your final answer, though. No, it's not my final answer. I still have a couple. I'm just, I have a good feeling about that one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm sweating. I'm sweating so much right now. Um, My second one, the fact about the witch doctors selling the limbs of albino people. Uh, I mean, it's gruesome. If you did make this up, I would feel differently about you as a person. Um, although I kind of feel like vaguely I heard you say this fact maybe three or four weeks ago. If you did, that would be the best setup in history. Uh, <laughs> Me, the person who can't even do her research two days <laughs> two days before. <laughs> somehow planted the seed four weeks before we ever even started filming. Shut be, up. I would personally love it if you gaslighted me for multiple weeks on end just to set up like a really glorious lie. That would be pretty cool. Mm. But I, I don't know. I feel like that could have just been a fact because it just seems just out of this world fucking weird and horrible. Mm-hmm. Now my third, my third guess I'm between two, but I'll I'll guess one and then I'm going to get my clue, okay? Mm -hmm. I think you might have made up that Band-Aid marketed themselves by putting their shit in Boy Scout kits Mm -hmm. and sending it to World War II. Is that what you said? You mm-hmm. better have said it, because if not, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's my third guess. Oh, Renee. Okay. You're so going to lose. I oh, fuck. Okay. Just give me my hint. I don't need your... It had something to do with charms was it oh god i'm i'm locking this in really early i'm i'm, I'm rushing at this point i can tell guess, <laughs> guessing this lie really she can tell i'm physically i'm physically disturbed like my, my hands are on my knees my my i'm i'm sweating i'm like stretching my knee fat as far as it can possibly go right now okay was it about the I, okay, I'm between two. I'm just going to say them just so I get the credit, okay? Okay. Okay, I'm between two. So either the one with the 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 Ezekiel 6, okay. whatever, the, 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 the guy who had the, the charm ah, yeah. that had to be read by the person of the opposite sex. Okay. It just seems kind of kind of throwaway. Like you just threw that out there and, and nobody picked it up and we just left it there. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a like a bad game of ultimate. Can frisbee. I give you another clue? It's not about the thing. All I'm gonna say is that I promised that the next lie would be kind of big. Okay. Well, then my second guess for like, and this was about the charm thing. I I do think you lied about the penis charm, the penis charm, and I think that that's been building because I think you've been. In the first episode, you made a big show about your your story about the Prophet Muhammad, and then we said, oh, you'd never lie about Islam. I'd never lie about Islam, so... Okay, is the penis... The penis enlarging charm. That's not what it was for, but you're right! Yes! 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 I wrote that poem myself. You wrote that poem! My rod! I, if I didn't get that, I would be fucking... I'd kill myself. I knew it. I knew it. You knew I wrote the poem? I knew it was the lie. I knew it was the lie. I was just... He- I. I needed to throw it all out there. I needed to, to just lay it all out on the line. I needed the credit. No. But I got it. You got it. Damn, actually, I didn't think it was that obvious, was it? Like, how? why was it so obvious to you? Because I said plump. Honestly, I just think Arabic poets are better than that. Like, I just don't think it was that good of a poem. Are you insulting my poetry writing? I'm just saying, uh, like, they they had Rumi. Why would they put what you wrote on their necklace? Oh, their amulet. Fair, fair. I was really just given away by my incompetency. 
this time. Maybe I, I think it, you made it easy on me this time by literally saying my rod. <laughs> and 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 honestly, I still didn't even know until the end here. No, but I have to say that my rod. That's not. I didn't make that up. That's okay. That's the, in the in, Bible. My rod and my staff comfort me. That's an actual verse. okay, but. That's not a reference to, to God's penis, or is it? You tell me. Okay, there we go. The score is two point five to two point five. Damn, we're we fucking tied. That's good. Mm. The great equalizer. I'm just gonna say that I made it easy for you by making it huge. <laughs> That's what she said. Shut up. Ah, <laughs> oh, you made it a plump, plump lie. What was it? Was it? Straight and plump? No. Hard, no. You don't even remember your own poem that you wrote. I want to put it on my fridge. (laughs) Okay. So, thank you very much for Mm -hmm. listening in and witnessing my, my first, I think my first true victory, in my opinion. I think this is the first true victory any of us have had, actually. You think? This is the first full guest. Yeah, you're right. Where it's finally happening. We're finally getting smarter finally absolutely after 22 years 23 years for myself Mm -hmm. yes but this was actually very fun thank you so much for listening to me ramble on about stuff follow our socials like us on facebook on instagram on twitter uh visit our website because um Right now it's pretty plain. You can just listen to our episodes there, but I think there should be some fun stuff on there soon. We're hoping to God. get a scoreboard on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We would love that. Like, if, if this ends up in a tie, we should just, like, let it go to the court a little bit. Like, public opinion, like, yeah. which one of us... <laughs> which one <laughs> of us... Just vote. Just vote for the winner. And who's, it'll be, like, American Idol. Who's hotter? <laughs> yeah, whose voice is less demonic... Anyway, thank you for listening. Yeah. This has been great. We'll see you next time. This is Double Bluff, and now it's over.